Welcome to the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast. I am your host, Chris Schmedeke, and today we are brought to you by Applewood Plumbing, Heating, and Electric. They have been serving Denver residents for 50 years. They are the proud sponsor of the Colorado Avalanche and of this podcast, where I'm going to break down the Denver Nuggets with Vinny Benedetto. Vinny, how are you today? Doing well, doing well. Still, still tired of these 8 p.m. national television games and, and what they do to our deadlines, but I'm doing well. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be what we talk about every time. We always come off of those late games. And 8 o'clock, was, what was last night's tip? Like 8-12, 8-15, something like that? Yeah, something around there. Yeah, so uh, Nuggets finally lose to the Clippers uh, for the first time in a long time, 111-102. I always want to say since the bubble, but I know the Clippers have beat them since then. But, you know... Last night's game was well, Nicole Jokic's worst shooting game of was it of his career? I think percentage wise, yeah. So it was just a very strange game. Nuggets came out early and kind of looked like they were going to run away with it. Second quarter, bench comes in, and we'll talk more about the bench. Um, but you know, just a very straight. They led going to the fourth quarter, and then things kind of fell apart in the fourth when Nicole Jokic couldn't make a shot. Yeah, it was uh, it was a tough watch for for Nuggets fans because yeah, it was. I think there was an 0 for 9 shooting stretch from from Nicole in the second quarter. And then again in the fourth, he just couldn't buy a bucket. And uh you don't you don't complain much about 20 point triple doubles, but that was uh that was a, a rare night where where I feel like Nuggets fans can say they kind of they Nikola Jokic let him down a little bit last night. Well, and they were like easy shots. Like the, he wasn't, you know, Sambor shuffling all over the place. Like he was like those are real easy shots you know, Murray on the pick and roll and he just switches that shot every time. Yeah, it was, yeah, the process for the most part was all right. I think there was maybe a, a three or two that I could have lived without from Jokic, but for the most part, he was getting good looks and it, they just weren't falling. So uh, I think, I think most fans can chalk this one up as kind of an, an anomaly. I don't think there's, there's too much real concern, yeah. but uh, you know, that, that is a team that I know Nuggets fans like to beat and, you know, it would have been fun for them for sure to, to have that, that stretch uh, that streak stretched to what? That would have been 12 in a row? I, yeah, something. 11, I, I 12, 13 in a row, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, like I joked, it, it hasn't been since the bubble, but it's felt like that. It does. It does feel like that. Yeah, you know, it ever felt since, you know, Millsap wanted to fight whatever Morris brother that was. <laughs> Marcus, I think, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think there's a bigger picture with this is, you know, they've played 13 games on the road this year, and they're 5-8, and eight, and they have not looked good on the road – you know, would they go last year, 20 and 22 on the road? Is that right? That feels right. And that was that was one of their big emphasis is coming into the season was being a better road team. And they are they're not off to a very good start in that regard. So I mean, so what is it on the road? Because they you know, they still come out and they look like they can blow teams out in the first quarter and everything kind of just slows down. Yeah, and I've looked at the the home road splits and nothing really like jumps off the page at you, like maybe turnovers are a bit up and, and assists are a bit down. It feels like all of those, like feels like a good chunk of their like 35 assist games or whatever they've had this year. Most of those, it feels like have come at home. Um, and I'm not sure if that's just a, a, a shooting discrepancy because um, it feels like for the most part, they're, they're playing the same way. Most times um, I, I think, you know, it, the, the easy way out is just, well, well, how many of those losses came without Jamal Murray on the road? And it yeah. feels like, you know, a, a good chunk of those have are have been otherwise winnable games without Jamal Murray, but um yeah, it's it's been a struggle. And yeah, uh no hot take here. The Nuggets are better when Jamal Murray plays. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, but, and, you know, he, and he came back last night and played pretty well. He was 10 for 18, 23 points, hit some real like classic Jamal Murray shots. Um, but it just wasn't enough. And it, it was really strange how, you know, I think I want to ask you, okay, I'm going to ask you about Michael Porter Jr. Because he was, what did he go, four for five in the first quarter? And then he only had eight shots in the whole game. So, yeah. so we're, he's kind of disappearing in the second half a little bit. And, and this has, I think, been a trend this season where it's MPJ's off to a hot start. And, you know, he has, I think he had 10 or 11 points in the first quarter last night. And, you know, last night he ends up with 18. But it feels like there are plenty of nights where he's in double digits in the first quarter and he adds two or four or five points the rest of the way. Um, and I think part of that is – you know, the Nuggets offense is just so free flowing that they're not running a ton of set plays outside of like immediately following timeouts. Um, and I don't know if that's a Nicola needs to look for Mike more or get him involved more, or if Michael Malone needs to call a, a couple more plays for Michael Porter Jr. Cause when you've got a guy who's, who's seven of eight and hitting the kind of shots that, that MPJ was hitting last night, feels like he's a guy that 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 needs a few more looks on a on a night where you know Nicola takes 32 shots and makes nine of them I know I have the box score in front of me and seeing him like the 32 next to field goals for Jokic just seems like it's not even real and we've seen that a few times this year like I think Houston did a really good job but those were the games without without Jamal where I think Houston was just like we're playing you straight up with Shangoon take 35 shots we're going to try and limit the assists and, and prevent the other guys from hitting threes. But yeah, I think that that feels like the first time this year where they've had a full starting five and, and Nicola has been that kind of high shot total guy. And, you know, I don't want to say the schedule is an excuse, but the schedule has not been kind to Denver to start this year. No. And I feel like, I feel like this week might finally be the end to it because, you know, they they're here Friday night and then they, they hit the road again, I think from Monday, Tuesday, back to back. Um, but it is one of those deals like, you know, it, it's tough. You've got the the tough part of your schedule early in the season, but, you know, they should be able, you know, the second half of the season should be pretty home heavy. And I'm not sure how, you know, they've, they've already had a couple like five and sevens, five games and seven night stretches. Yeah. Like, there can't be too many more of those or too many back to backs left. So, uh, you know, it, this, the schedule has been tough and, and, you know, like that, that Sacramento loss on Saturday, I think, was like the definition of a schedule loss. You play in Phoenix Friday night, then you get up to Sacramento um, where they like to push the tempo and, you know, have a great home crowd. Um, so, yeah, the schedule hasn't done many favors, and but they're, they're certainly – they've left some wins on the table as well. Well, that Sacramento game was strange because what didn't they not hit a three to like the third quarter or something like that? Yeah, that 0 for 9 in the first half, yeah, it was – just to just to, but again, that was a game without Jamal Murray. So I yep. mean, there is that as well. Okay, let's let's flip to the bench because it's always the hot topic. Um, I think the maybe the bench is going to get figured out more now that Jamal Murray's back. Do you think that's probably part of the process with all this? Yeah, I think it's it's an adjustment because like up until last night, you know, the last few games, Christian Brown has been like they're trying to turn him into Bruce Brown. You know, yeah. they've like ran him a little as a point and had him play off of Joker or or, you know, run some pick and roll stuff with DeAndre Jordan. Um, but yeah, I, I think the bench will be in flux until they, they kind of commit to a planet backup center. This has been something, this is a, a yearly talking point is, is, is Zeke Naji going to be able to do it? Uh, you know, early returns this year. Uh, no. 
indicate no. Um, is DeAndre Jordan a guy you can count on every night? I don't know if the answer is yes either. Um, so, yeah, one thing I've been kind of playing with in my mind is uh, if Vlatko Chanchar is really out for the year, they could they could file for a, a DPE, I think, which would open up a roster spot. Uh, so I think that's one thing that that's got to be on the front office and, and coaching staff's radar is is getting a good look and and figuring out if Vlatko's a guy they they can count on at all this year. Otherwise, I would be uh, looking at free agent centers or you know thinking about guys who could potentially be buyout candidates later this year. Did Vlatko hurt himself what during Euro? Is that what it he was himself? in the lead up to Euro? So I think it was it was. <clears throat> either late July or early August. So like it would have to be a pretty speedy recovery quick recovery. Yeah. For him to, and then, you know, best case scenario, you're trying to reintegrate a guy, you know, during the playoffs that just doesn't feel like a. Doesn't seem like a good plan. No, I don't think. No, I think. Especially for the defending champs. Yeah. I don't know if that's a great plan. Yeah. Uh, So something I noticed and they talk about on the broadcast. I know some of the road games you watch on the broadcast. Like it seems like some of those guys off the bench are a little hesitant to shoot. Yeah. Well, Reggie's not. <laughs> no, okay, I was going to say not Reggie Jackson. No, but, but I think that's, I think that's a good thing for the benches to have a guy like Reggie who, um, you know, I, I think the combination of veterans with Reggie and Deandre and then the, the kids and Peyton Christian and, and Julian to this point, uh, Julian's another guy who's not shy. Um, yeah. But I, I think that blend of youth and, and veteran is probably going to be the best bet for this bench. Cause you've got, you know, I think Reggie and DeAndre can still run pick and roll. We saw uh, not last night as much, but the previous game against the Clippers were there in the starting lineup. Um, you know, that that pick and roll set is something they can still still go to on a pretty regular basis and, and get a decent shot more times than not. And then you've got the young guys whose job it is to turn up the pressure defensively, see if they can get out and transition and get some easy ones that way. Um, so I think I think that blend of youth and experience is going to be the the bench's best bet going forward. But that that question at backup center still looms rather large. And it's really tough to not have Peyton Watson on the floor. His defense is just incredible. He's he's on a heater defensively from the the KD Durant, George two nights. <laughs> yeah, KD De'Aaron Fox, and then last night it was uh, yeah Paul George got the experience. I think James Harden. Had had Peyton Watson on him a few times, but yeah, he's uh feels like he's responded pretty well to um, being removed from the from the rotation. That I think it was just once, and then fighting through an illness, you know, a week or two ago. Feels like since he's kind of put those things behind him, he's he's been great defensively these last few games, and yeah, he's a, he's a guy I think. Um, yeah, I think I think the hierarchy on the bench right now is Christian Reggie one two and. Peyton, I think, has got to be the third guy. Well, you know, I mean, so they won the title with, what, eight guys in the playoffs last year pretty much? Yeah, because Jeff, Bruce Brown, and Christian Brown came off the bench. That's pretty much it. Yep. I mean, you look at it now, it's Reggie, it's Christian, and then it's probably it's probably either Watson or if you have to play Jordan minutes. But I, I guess when we get to the playoffs, Aaron Gordon can slide the five. Yeah, I think that's probably the the safe bet. Yeah. All right, so we're about we're, we're just about a quarter of a way through the season. Nuggets are fourteen and eight. I want to ask: Is this kind of what you expected from the first quarter of the season? I say yes. I, I think they didn't start as slow as I thought they would, but I knew that right. there was going to be times like this. Yeah, I think in the end, like 
14 and eight is about where I would have had it. I would have had it happening much differently because they were what they were like eight and one yeah. at one point. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I would have, you know, banked on a, a little bit slower start to the season. And, but you know, this again, Jamal Murray's missed 13 of the 22 games. So I think it's hard to have any grand conclusions as to where this team is at right now, but you know, all things considered, I think 14 is eight, 14 and eight is you can live with that. Yeah. And they were 14 and eight last year too, I think. <laughs> That's another trend because, you know, they were 10 and six earlier this year. Yeah. I think after, after that tough five game road trip and, and then Malone comes home and reminds us all they were 10 and six last year <laughs> and that turned out all right. So there, there is some parallels, some parallels going on. From I, I feel like they were 14 and eight when Murray hit the game winner in Portland that they always okay. talk about. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I've read that or heard that, or maybe I've I've heard Malone in my dream, in my dreams reminding all of us about hey everything's fine. <laughs> that would that feels right because it was a I remember it was a December game so yeah yeah and, and then I mean the first of the year is when they really went on their heater so yeah. I mean it's it's could be coming and like you said if they're home heavy they haven't lost at home yet they could really jump up uh let's talk a little just general nba stuff uh in-season tournament semifinals tonight uh who you got i got the lakers and winning it all just because yeah i I mean (laughs) just lebron james being the mvp of the first in-season tournament just makes too much sense to me right now um do we get lebron Giannis in the final just to make things look better that feels right that feels (laughs) You know, I, I know there was a lot of talk about the NBA being upset, you know, the potential of having like four small market teams in there. Yeah. Um, no, but I, yeah, I think I think LeBron Giannis showdown in, in the f- first in-season tournament final sounds about right. Yeah, I'm sure the NBA wouldn't 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 hate that. Um, I mean, I enjoy watching Terry's Halliburton, but I don't know if the national audience does. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean he's been he's been incredible this year, and like the Pacers are super fun to watch. Um, he still don't play any defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Hey, Bruce Brown can get a title last year and an NBA Cup this year. There we go. Who would have thought leaving leaving Denver for Indianapolis would have been <laughs> the, the fast route to a title? And and you know I, I have to ask you about Minnesota. I don't understand how they're not in the in season tournament. They only, they've only lost four games. They must have lost all their games in group play. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, maybe Chris Chris Finch and, and the Timberwolves are not in season tournament fans, and they just threw those you know rested <laughs> rested guys during the in season tournament because yeah they look they look incredible like they're the Rudy Gobert thing seems to finally you know have like been figured out how how it all is going to work. Anthony Edwards is ascending. They got you know I think the guys they missed in the playoffs last year, McDaniel's, um, Nas Reed, I think are are both really good players that, that have elevated them even, even more. So yeah, I think Minnesota's for real. And they are probably the one, I mean, not the one team, but one of the few teams that can frustrate the Nuggets. Yeah. It's a, it's a good matchup for Minnesota. And they, I mean, they're probably right that they gave them the best series last year. Yeah. I can't remember who floated this, but someone, I think it was Bruce Brown, I think who said it. He, he said it on the podcast, but then I, someone else was like, the difficulty of the playoffs was like inversely inversely related to like the the run where it's like Minnesota toughest, um, Phoenix second toughest, oh, Lakers yeah. third toughest, and then like the Heat ended up you know the finals in a way ended up being the easiest series, which 
is I think there's something to that, but it's it's weird to think about. So yeah, yeah, Minnesota I think um, is a team that you know the Nuggets would like to end up on the opposite side of of the bracket from when when it comes down to it. Yeah, and you know Oklahoma City's up there, but I don't think the Nuggets have any trouble with Oklahoma City. They don't have anyone to guard. Nicole Chet can't guard Jokic yet. Yeah, it, there's not enough time for for young Chet to put on the 30 pounds of muscle to, <laughs> to even give him a shot. So, so like you said, they go back to back on Monday, Tuesday at Atlanta and at Chicago. I mean, I mean, a split is fine, but it's almost like two. I mean, Atlanta's not playing great. Chicago's a, a hot mess this year. Those are probably two games you got to grab before you come home for three. Yeah, especially Chicago. Like Atlanta, I think has has been tougher for them in the past. Um, just they'll they'll spam that pick and roll. And I'm not saying put Nikola Jokic in the pick and roll is is as sound of a strategy as it once was. But right. Trey Young is a pretty high level operator, and who knows? You know, he's a guy that can get to the free throw line 10, 15 times in a game. So. Um, yeah, on the wrong night, you know, I think I think the Hawks could give the Nuggets trouble, especially on the road. But Chicago at this point and, and to your point with them being kind of um, a mess that that feels like one you've just got to win. Before we go, I, I want to ask you about the free throw stuff, because I've heard a lot of Nuggets complaining about not, not the Nuggets in general, but fans and people, you know, they don't get to, they're not getting to the five. I mean, I don't know what it was last night exactly, but I know that. The Clippers got to the line a lot, which with the guys they have, it makes sense. But, you know, Jokic was getting beat up pretty good in that game last night. Yeah, last night it was 25 to 9. And okay. You know, okay. Jokic took – Denver starters took three free throws. Jokic got two and Jamal took the other one. Um, and, yeah, I'm I, I'm – typically I'm more of the lack of – the thinking, my thinking is the lack of free throws more times than not is more related to um, the Nuggets get the ball inside, but it's a lot of get it inside to kick it out or like Nicola is so good at those, like the bump, the bumping happens before the shot most times. Yeah. Like he's so good at like absorbing a bump and then fading away and his touch is so good around the rim that he just makes so many shots like that. But uh, yeah, to look at 32 shot attempts and two free throws for a guy who spends most of his time in the paint and or not I mean, a good deal of time in the paint and is, you know, two time MVP finals MVP that that's a that's a tough sell, especially when, you know, James Harden on the other end is doing what he does to get to the free throw line and, and, and is rewarded for it. So I think that's a tough one. I think I've, if it haven't hasn't happened already, I'm guessing uh, the league will be receiving some video footage from the Nuggets, um, wondering why some of the physicality isn't isn't being called. Um, I, but I think if you're the Nuggets, I think you got to concern yourself with making more free throws. You know, they they're yeah, that they're too. Not, they're not good at getting to the line. They're also not good at making it count when they are there. They went eight. They went eight for nine last night. But uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know how concerning it is, but. I think conversations will be had with the NBA at some point about just getting Nicole a little bit better whistle. Well, and on that last big road trip when they were at Detroit, I mean, Jokic and Malone got thrown out because of stuff like that. So, I mean, I feel like it's been seething for a while with them. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's another thing with, with the, the Murray absence is Nicole is taking a lot more on a lot more responsibility, not only just running the team on the court, but, 
being the vocal guy, being the leader. Um, so I, I think that that stress, that stretch was was pretty stressful for him in, in a multiple in multiple ways. And uh, yeah, the, that frustration certainly boiled over in Detroit. They uh, but they seem pretty healthy right now after that little bit of a break. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was nice to get Sunday, Monday off. I asked KCP about that on Tuesday and he was like, what break or, you know, what days off? Cause you know, it sounds like most of the guys were in the gym Monday and then they, they practice sounds like Tuesday. Um, but yeah, all things considered, you know, Jamal ha- has said, you know, the hamstring is fully behind him. The ankle thing was legitimately just an ankle that kept him out for a couple of days. So you know, if, if both of those minor injuries are, are in the past, sitting at 14 and eight, playing a chunk of your season without Jamal Murray, I think they're in, in, in a pretty decent spot. I, I will say when he did roll his ankle, that was a little bit of a big sigh, I think, because he just kind of bent over and was yeah. like, I was like, oh, man, what, what does – because, you know, he had a hamstring injury. You know how, you know, they can overcompensate and the guy's already got a completely rebuilt knee. Yep. And it's like, oh, my goodness, there's – that, that could be bad, but it was just an ankle. All right, uh, Vinny, thanks for coming on and talking. Uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Apple and Spotify. Make sure you check out all of Vinny's coverage of the Nuggets at denvergazette.com and as well as all the other teams from everybody else. And Vinny, we will catch up again after uh, – maybe when the Nuggets will actually play at home again. Sounds good. All right, thanks. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.